Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to pick up where I left off yesterday. We are talking about the rapture in the book of Revelation, where Revelation is talking about the rapture. And it's not just one place, brothers and sisters. It is all through the book. If you missed the broadcast, the last broadcast, I recommend you go and listen to that. We're going to start at Revelation 3.10 because Jesus definitely does offer protection from the seven-year tribulation for some. It's just not that they're pulled into the air because the marriage supper of the Lamb doesn't even take place until the last Pentecost. So that's another question which we'll get to as in where do they go? So Revelation 3.10 says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Now, you have to understand the word patience in Revelation doesn't mean that someone, it's not the modern meaning, like someone doesn't get mad or maybe you just sit there and and wait for the red light to turn green. It's, It's not that kind of patience. In Revelation, when it says patience, it means that you don't quit on the Lord Jesus. You don't walk away from your faith, you see. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So I'll agree, there is, and that is the, by the way, the one and only verse in all of Revelation that hints that anyone is going to be able to avoid the tribulation. And of course, that's another thing the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So that is only one time that that is said. So that is a big fat maybe. Now let's go to Revelation 3.14. The rapture makes lukewarm Christians who live in the world and think they're rich. Jesus challenges them to go through the fire, specifically the morning star fire, so that they can be rich, clothed, and rewarded. Jesus tells them that those that he loves, he will correct, and he will correct them via the seven-year tribulation, Revelation 3.14. And under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Now, of the seven churches, the Laodicean is in the church age we're in now. Most of the Christians in America would probably be labeled as Laodiceans. And of all of the churches, this is the one that fits the American church the most, in my opinion. Okay. These things say the Amen, and the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God, meaning Jesus. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. See, isn't that the American church? Oh, no, we don't want to be no Jesus freaks. Mm-mm-mm. No, we don't want to be too hot. We want just, just be lukewarm. You know, just, I mean, go to church once in a while, read your Bible once in a while, but don't be hot for Jesus. You know, be normal, you know, right? Okay. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Eh, means that the average Christian in America tries to be lukewarm. You know, well, we don't want to go to church too much. We don't want to read our Bible too much. We don't want to pray too much. We don't want to have a prayer. I mean, see, you've got to keep it in balance. Well, that's not what Jesus wants. He doesn't want balanced Christians. He wants on-fire Christians. Next verse. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods. Oh, that's America and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. That's America. I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with thy sight, that thou mayest see. As many as I love are rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. 
Notice, it does not say, as many as I love, I rapture them out so they are not tested. Now, let's go back and talk about that verse just a little bit. Again, let me give you a disclaimer again. I'm not trying to offend Christians. I'm not trying to run off our listeners. I'm just saying that the average person is a pre-trib, the average Christian, is a pre-trib believer because that's all they've ever heard. You go to the bookstore, you order Christian books on prophecy, that's all that is in them. You go to the churches, that's just about all that the pastors teach, because why? The people will not endure sound doctrine. I don't necessarily blame it on all the pastors. I think there's a lot of pastors that know the truth, and they want to bring the people the truth, but they know that people will not stay. They will not stand for it. By golly, they are a 501c3, they have a board of directors, and they hire those pastors, and they fire those pastors, and you will do what I tell you to do. You will preach what I tell you to preach, or we will hire another pastor. And, sad to say, that's their attitude. So a lot of times, it's not the pastor's fault. I've felt it in my church as well. A lot of times, it's that the people want what they want, and they pay for what they want. They don't go to church saying, let's listen to the man of God and let's let him try to help us to get closer to God. Now, let's go back and read those last verses. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods, that's America, have need of nothing, that's America, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. What does that mean, wretched? It means that you're evil, you don't know it. You're miserable because you're miserable because true happiness is not found in the world. Is found in walking with Jesus. And you're poor spiritually. It means you don't have works. You don't have a wedding garment. You don't have righteous works laid up. And you're blind because you can't see the truth. You can't see Jesus. You can't see that going to church is a better world than going out and going ice skating or skiing or going to a ball game. You're, so you're blind and you're naked because you don't have a wedding garment. You don't have a garment. You don't, in other words, see, that, that's where it is. He says, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. What does that mean? Well, when Jesus returns, the morning star is the light sword that comes out of his mouth with the breast of his nostrils. He brandishes his sword, and what that sword hits, it turns to ashes. They fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. And that's what he's saying. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Let's see if you can get past my day of the Lord on the day of the last trumpets, in the evening they are, and the morning they are not. That thou must be rich in white raiment. In other words, that's where we get our rewards. He says, my reward is with me to give to every man according as his works shall be. And white raiment, thou mayest see, mayest be clothed, and have the shame of the nakedness do not appear. He's saying that if you make it through the burning, then you are rich, you have white raiment, and your nakedness does not appear because it is covered with the garment of praise. And anoint thine eyes of thy salve that thou mayest see. He's saying, in other words, you should be able to see that you're a sinner needing a Savior. But many people, even in America, can't see that. As many as I love are rebuke and chasten. Ask yourself this. Is Jesus getting after you if you do something wrong, any little thing wrong? Be zealous, therefore, and repent. This is spoken to the American church in my opinion. Now, let's go to Revelation 5.12. Again, we're talking about the rapture in Revelation. It can't be just one place that says pre-trib. can't be just one place that says post-trib. It's got to be a theme all the way through it. If you listen to the broadcast I made yesterday, you know I'm talking about a theme here. Revelation 5.12. 
sang with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and says that are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him, meaning Jesus the Lamb, that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forever. Now, the raptured Christian would want to have it written this way, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is he that is raptured, to receive power, riches, wisdom, and strength, honor, glory, and blessing, because he went through no testing, no trials, no suffering, because he was especially selected to be sucked up into the ear because he was so good and so righteous. Well, that's not what it said, brothers and sisters. In other words, we are worthy because we go through the testing, we go through the trial, and we have to go through the suffering. Love to be able to clean up without it, but unfortunately that's just not the way mankind is. Again, I'm not trying to offend. I'm trying to get you to see that although you might not have seen it, This way, you might not have ever had anyone point out the post-trib scriptures to you, but there is far more reason for post-trib than any of the other positions. Jesus went through the most horrible death for us, so is it good that we only get blessings and no trials? Does that make sense? Okay, let's talk about the start of the tribulation. In my opinion, there are two things that signal the start of the tribulation. That is, when he confirms the covenant with many for one week. That might be hard to spot. But this next thing, I don't think it's going to be hard to spot. Revelation 6.1 And I saw the Lamb when he opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. And one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. It is my hope is that when he opens that first seal, And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. I hope that that noise of thunder is heard around the globe. Every ear, I believe, will hear that thunder. Now, some of them will say, wow, what was that? Ken Peters, in his I Saw the Tribulation video, he says that when it all started but with like this long, loud horn honks, He said, it might have been a trumpet, but it sounded like a 1957 Chevrolet horn honking. And it honked loud, and it was long, and everyone on earth heard it. Well, that might be what this is referring to. As it were, a noise of thunder. It might not be a noise of thunder, although it could be. But the point is, I think that every ear on earth will know when the seven-year tribulation has started. Now, if you're counting, 2,560 days later, Jesus will return. If you're counting, three and a half years later is when the abomination of desolation takes place. But you got to know and recognize what that was. Now let's go to Revelation 6-9. It is appointed some to be killed for their faith, but not those raptured. They are too good to suffer. Again, I'm not trying to offend. I'm just trying to point out that it just doesn't make sense, okay? Revelation 6, 9. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And what robes were given to every one of them? And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season. Here it is, here it is. Until their fellow servants also and their brethren that 
should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. You know, there's not a scripture that says that these people should avoid this, that these people are going to be raptured out, that these people are too good to go through any kind of testing. But there's lots of verses that says, rest for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Meaning, there's not a theme throughout Revelation saying, oh, you're not going to have to go through this. We're seeing this down on the earth for everybody else but you. There's not that theme. That's not the theme, and that's the point. We're not just really looking at one verse. I mean, everybody wants to just, okay, <laughs> there's the verse. That, that proves it. It's pre-trib or it's post-trib, whatever it is. It's not just one verse. We should be able to find a theme all the way through, not just Revelation, but all the way through the Bible, and we can, and it's not pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath. It's post-trib. So, where, here's another question. Where do the pre-tribbers go? Okay, so let's say the pre-tribbers are correct. So we hear this loud, long horn or this sound like thunder. All of a sudden, the tribulation has started. And all of a sudden, the graves open up. And everybody goes up to heaven that was saved. And all of the Christians on earth all go up to heaven. Let's say it really happens that way. Where do they go? Well, they go to heaven. Well, there's no scripture that says they're in heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are scriptures about people being in heaven, yes, but there's not a scripture about these people. Instead, the scripture that does talk about when we arrive in heaven, well, here it is. It's talking about the 144,000 are not resurrected until first fruits. First fruits is seven months before trumpets. Jesus arrives on trumpets. Those washed in the blood of the Lamb are not resurrected until Pentecost, which is about four months before trumpets. We'll start at Revelation 7-9. And after this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. This is us. These are the people washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'll show you. A great multitude, which no man could number, out of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb. Where are they? I'll tell you where they are. They're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the reason it says before the Lamb. It didn't say before the King of Kings because he becomes King of Kings at the marriage supper. He changes from Lamb to Lion at the marriage supper. He changes from Prince of the Kings of the Earth to King of Kings and Lord of Lords at the marriage supper. So when it says they stood before the throne and the Lamb tells us they are at the marriage supper. The marriage supper happens four months before trumpets, four months before Jesus returns. Jesus has not returned. There is not there is not a rapture yet. Stood before the throne before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. Where did they get the white robes? And what are the white robes for? The answer, they got the white robes because they've come to the marriage supper. The white robes are the wedding garment. Palms on their hands. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? See, he's about to tell us. Sir, thou knowest, these are they which came out of great tribulation. What? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that, that couldn't be what it said. It had to say, uh, these are they that got raptured out before the tribulation. Um, that's not what it says, though, is it? It says, these are they which came out of great tribulation. Now, when the Bible talks about great tribulation, it's generally referring to the last three and a half years. Okay, so it could be that it's mid-trib. 
Oh, okay. It could be that it's pre-wrath. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to show you here in just a little bit. No, it doesn't happen that way. I'd like it that way, but it's not the way it happens. Sir, thou knowest. These are they which came out of great tribulation, washed the robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Meaning, they were not Christians too much before then, but as the trouble started, in the tribulation, in the difficulty, they are those among those people, not the only ones, but they are among those people that got washed in the blood of the Lamb in the trouble. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple? What? See, they're before the throne of God. In other words, they're at the marriage supper. Marriage supper happens about four months before Jesus returns on trumpets. And serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth upon the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne, again, that's the marriage supper, shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now, let's jump to Revelation 14, 1. This is the first time that Jesus returns to the earth. Again, he returns two more times. Again, the first time he returns as a lamb to Mount Zion. Second time he returns as a lion to the Mount of Olives. The first time he returns as the Lamb of God. Second time he returns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How does he change from lamb to lion? When does he change from Prince of the Kings of the Earth to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? He changes at the marriage supper. Now, this is the first time Jesus returned. Revelation 14.1 I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in the foreheads. Skip two verses. These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth, for these were redeemed from among men, here's the secret door word, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Meaning, this is 144,000 that return with Jesus on the Jewish feast first fruits. That's the first time he returns to the earth. And in their mouth was found no guile, for thou without fault before the throne of God. And it took me a whole program to explain that. But the point is, this is Jesus returning as the Lamb of God on first fruits with the 144,000. Fifty days later, then they go up on Pentecost to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Four months later, they return with Jesus on white horses, that's us, for the great harvest on trumpets for Armageddon. Jesus as the Lion with the barley and the wheat return on white horses. Jesus uses the morning star to burn up the tares. The two other angels with the sharp sickles slash and crush the grapes. Now, let's jump down. Revelation fourteen six, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory unto him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Now, here's what's going on. This is the last chance opportunity. This is the angel flying through the midst of heaven, giving them the everlasting gospel. And I believe every ear, every heart on the globe gets this warning. Why? Because you've only got a few days before the judgment is set, and you only got a few more days to receive Jesus. That's what he's saying. And they're following another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city, this talk about America, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, 
If any man worship the beast and his image, and receiveth this mark in her forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. Now this is important. And he should be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. You see, the only ones that get no soul death is the beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer himself, and the ones that receive the mark of the beast. And that's the reason it says the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast, his image, or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Now, after this everlasting gospel, this is the last moment before you can get saved. Then it says, here is the patience of the saints. Means, here is the don't quit, saints. Saints, don't quit. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Because it's really a big test. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Wait a minute. If Jesus wants us to be raptured out, why would he even have those words even in the Bible? Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth. I thought he was really into protecting us. I thought that we weren't going to see any trouble. Well, that's what a lot of people think, but that's not what the scripture says. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. What? In other words, this is talking about the people that are saved, but they weren't ready to go into the marriage supper on Pentecost. So they've got about four months later to trumpets, and he's saying that even though you didn't get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, your works are still going to follow you, and you'll still get all of your rewards on trumpets, just like he said. When he returns, his reward is with him. Revelation 15:2, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass, mingled with fire, and then that had gotten victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. That's four things. Over the beast, his image, his mark, and the number of his name stand upon the sea of glass, having the harps of God. So, those people that get the victory over the beast, over his image, his mark, his number of his name, stand they get harps of God. They are what you call overcomers. So that's part of the definition of being an overcomer, that you see the beast, that you hear the beast, but you do not worship his image, his mark, the number of his name, and as a result, you're not only an overcomer, but you get a harp of God, and you sing the Song of Moses, the servant of God, and the Song of the Lamb. Okay, so now we come to the very, very best verse in all of Revelation to prove that there is no pre-trib, there is no mid-trib, There is no pre-wrath rapture. Nobody goes anywhere. Revelation 6.12 The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water there was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So you got the picture? So the the Euphrates River is dried up so that all of the people might come over and attack Jerusalem for the battle of Armageddon. So this is literally a day before Armageddon. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. For these are the spirits of devils, working miracles, going forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them, here it is, to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Okay, so this is literally the day before Armageddon. Now listen to the next words. And before I say these words, let me ask you a question. 
Who is it that comes like a thief? Who is it that says, Behold, I come as a thief? The answer is Jesus. Well, here he is in verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So who is it that gets garments, the wheat or the tares? Uh, The answer would be the wheat. The tares don't get any garments. They're all burned up. So when he says, blessed is he that watcheth, who's he talking to? The Christians. And keepeth his garments. Who's he talking to? The Christians. So what's he saying? He's saying the day before Armageddon, the Christians are still on the earth. There is no pre-wrath rapture. There's not one. It's a misunderstanding, brothers and sisters. I love you, but you've been taught wrong. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Meaning, if you don't have a garment, then they see all of the sins that you've ever done in your life. Here is the final proof. The very next verse says, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now, let me read those last three verses together so you get the context. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. This is the day before Armageddon. And Jesus is warning them, do not fall. Do not quit. Do not lose your garments. Do not lose your blessings. Revelation 16, 4. God gives them blood to drink for killing the Christians. Well, if the Christians all got raptured, how are they getting killed? Revelation 16, 4. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. It didn't say light blood. It didn't say red light blood. It said blood. How do you know it's really blood? Here it is. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. They've killed us, okay? They've shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So literally, the earth's water, both the sea, the fountains, the aquifers, the rivers, everything, all turns literally to blood. Why? Because they killed us. Because they killed the Christians. There are so many different reasons saying that there's not going to be a pre-trib rapture. The question is, are we really wanting the truth? Or are we wanting to believe just what we want to believe? The definition, according to Revelation, of being an overcomer is not just receiving Jesus. You have to actually see the beast, hear the beast, and refuse his offer to worship him, take his mark, or to receive the number of his name. But... If you do, these are the benefits. We'll start at Revelation 2.7. This is a compilation of about eight verses. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Back in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I got about 30 revelations and two visions. God showed me the word first fruits is actually a secret door linking the feast of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation, allowing the end-time events to be placed in chronological order as never before. One prophetic word said it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time into obsolete books. That's this book. In this book, for the first time, you will understand that on first fruits, Jesus, the Lamb, returns to Mount Zion with 144,000 one-year-old Jews. On Pentecost, the wheat 
who are ready go to the marriage supper of the Lamb with the barley. The Father promotes Jesus at the marriage supper from Lamb to Lion, from Prince to King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus receives many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own sacrificed blood, and a white horse. The barley and wheat receive a wedding garment and a white horse to return on trumpets about four months later. This is the day of the Lord. Jesus, the judge, uses the morning star lightning sword to burn the tares. This is the judgment seat of Christ. All in Jesus report here and receive their just rewards. On atonement, Jesus is the judge at the great white throne. For those not in Jesus, the dead are judged based upon their works written in the books. Whosoever was not found written in the book is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. On tabernacles, the new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven, all explained in the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55, or a case of 60 for $250 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, prophecyclub.com. Gives you extras to give away to your friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.